Okay, so big announcement this week. I, I'm not teaching. We have a special guest speaker, uh, Joe Free, and his uh, wife, uh, Polina, uh, are here from Uganda. So can we give them a round of applause? All the way from Uganda, okay? So um, when I was a kid, we were missionaries, and I knew Joffrey uh, when I was about 11 years old, um, maybe 12. And so this is like, for me, it's like surreal, you know what I mean, to have him here teaching uh, at our church, and I'm really excited to have him. Joffrey, he um, started a ministry called Step Out in Faith, and they have 28 uh, basically, they're like schools, but he calls them centers uh, in Uganda where they're taking people through a year-long Bible training course, 28 of them in Uganda, 14 of them in Kenya, uh, and five of them in Rwanda. And I told him he's going to have to do one in the U.S. too, so <laughs> praise God. So, Joffrey, why don't you come on up, and, and he's going to share his testimony and a word with us. Sound good? Oh, we have one here. Yeah. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, I'm expecting somebody to say amen. Praise God. Amen. Yeah, that sounds a bit better. My name is Geoffrey Auma um, from Kenya. That's where I was born. I'm married to Pauline. I'm a parent of blessing five children. And uh, surprise, I have two grandchildren. That makes me to be very, very old. I'm so blessed to be here today. I know it is the grace of God. Uh, we never knew that one day the Lord shall open the boundary that we can come out of Africa. By this invitation, I felt so blessed and I had to honor it. I'm here today, just want to share my testimony you get to know me better. Praise God. When I say praise God, just do amen, okay? <laughs> I know culture different, but don't worry. <laughs> Everlasting Father, I want to bless you because you are God. The Bible calls you the pillar of hope. When the righteous come unto you, they encounter with safety. It did not stop there. You became the way, the truth, and the light. That makes you to be the great teacher in our life for you show us where the way is. You are the tree of life. You are the fountain of the living water. You are the bread of life. The mighty counselor, the doctor of all infirmities. Your name is so vast, Lord, I can speak all the whole day. But what I'm saying in simple that, Lord, I thank you and I appreciate you for your grace today, this morning, through the worship through your children who have left all to come and listen from you. I am nothing, my father, unless you come and minister, I will not be able to give them what shall edify their life. But God, I invite you, come and speak to their souls. Come and lift them as standard. Come and turn this world to be, to be the medicine that you said, I sent forth my word, and my word healed them. I may preach here, I may speak here, my God, but I may not be able to heal them. I may not be able to meet them at the point of their need. But your presence, Lord, make a difference. In Jesus' name we've prayed. I want us to travel so shortly in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, chapter 32. I'll read uh, 9 and 10, then I will jump to uh, 15 to 18. 
When you have time at home, do me a favor, you can go through the whole chapter. It will give you a clue of uh, what I'm to teach tonight. Uh, in verses 9, the Bible says, And for the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the Lord of inheritance. He found him in the desert land, in the west holding wilderness. He led him about, instructed him, he kept him as an ape of his eyes. And when you go to verses 15, the Bible says, but Jeshurun waxed fat. In simple language, he became fat and kicked. And he grew fast. I'm reading King James. You know, it has those old texts, so I'm trying to simplify it for you. Uh, after what the Lord did to him, he forsook him. That is the saddest moment about this man. He forsook him. And uh, in verse 16, that's where I wanted. They provoked him to jealous with strange gods, with abominations, provoked the way, provoked him to anger. 17, and they sacrificed to the devil, not to God. I'm trying to talk about this man called Jeshurun. Um, the Bible gives it so clearly at the beginning that Jeshurun was loved by God. And God brought him from completely nothing to what he was. There's a description here. It talks about uh, the desert, wilderness. I know in one way or the other you've ever met the desert of your life where you are in the wilderness. You know, wilderness is not a very good place to be. Very lonely place. Where no friends, no those people whom you are depending with, like parents, they're not there to come for your aid. That's total wilderness. Unless the Lord comes for you. That is the situation where Jeshurun was. And the Bible describes that God had compassion on him and came for him. What I like in this chapter is that he never found God, but God found him. Praise the name of the living God. When he was not in a place where he could not help himself, God stretched his mighty hand and found him. I was born so many years ago, 1969, with my parents, my father, and my mom. We were born two boys. Um, my mom wanted to live English life. I call it English life because we believe English people, they don't have many children. <laughs> so they wanted to live that English life of having two children. And uh, fortunately enough, we were two, two boys. I and my brother Jack. And our parents loved us so much. My dad was a police officer in Kenya. And my mom was a nurse. So you can imagine we were raised in able family. Um, but uh, my dad had this weakness of drunkenness. And he could be very good when he's drunk. Because whenever he come home, he will tell us a lot of stories. But when he's not, he's a very quiet man. So sometimes you could say, we wish he comes home today drunk so that we can get some good news from what he does and what's those kind of things. So one night he came and uh, very drunk and I was seated there, Jack was seated there and say, 
I have decided that Jack, from you, I will get my grandchildren. But you, Geoffrey, I'm taking you to church. You must serve God. Which church? Catholic. So I, I thought that he was joking. <laughs> the following morning, he went to work and came with a police car. We call them 99. You, you dial on 911. It's there, we dial 99. <laughs> so when we see those uh, small cars of the police cars, we know that 99. So he came and, uh, Geoffrey, are you ready? Ready for what, daddy? See, I say that I'm taking you to church. That is how I was bungled in the car and I was driven to this Catholic church and um, told the priest that my boy must serve God. And I remained there. The church took me for that journey of being an altar boy. From altar boy, I went to, I started the brotherhood. Um, and then uh, uh, for one year, they, now are, they were taking me for a nine-year course of being a priest. So immediately I joined the first year, something happened. My mom was not in this idea of me serving under Catholicism. So um, he collected herself with the, with the same workers and they started praying over this issue. And what God did was funny. The Lord answered the prayer by changing the heart of my father. One night my father came home and said, no, I need my boy back. But there's no way he could come and get me back because he had already made agreement with the Catholic that they will take me through high school then take me to serve them. Now he was fidgeting, how will I get this boy back? That's the time my dad did something very funny and I believe it was the work of the Lord. He went and drank himself. He went to the place of work. He took the, couple, the, the, the co-workers, the policemen, they took a Land Rover and they came what I can, I can say, they came and read the, 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 the premises of the Catholic, and I was taken away by force. That is how I left that place. Came back, followed my life um, as normal, studied, but unfortunately, when I was just graduating um, from the college, I think the man was so much overexcited that I was going to be the first boy coming out with a successful grade within the village. So he decided that he's going to make a party. Took my mother, took my only brother. What saved me, it was there was a document that I was supposed to pick from the college before I could travel to the village. So he told me that, Geoffrey, I'm leaving you behind but make sure that you follow us. They didn't reach. They crashed and they died, all of them. And that one began a turnaround of my life. Found myself uh, fidgeting of what to do. I never knew how to go about this. By that particular time, our country was being led by a president you getting education is not so much valuable to him. Everything, employment was in the line of tribal. So I was unfortunate for a long time. Um, and my life went to waste. 
started living a life of just guesswork, what you can get for a day, it was not easy. When I look at what I attained in college, I couldn't use it anymore. I have made my testimony in points form so that I may be very short. Um, when it came the year 2000, because after that I found myself in a church, Deliverance Church in Narok, I thought that if I ran to God in real getting saved, things will change. I came to this church, became a believer. I participated in praise and worship. And uh, to me, I felt like I'm serving. To me, I felt like this is what I really needed. But the ways of the Lord are different. Praise the name of the living God. I, I lived in that cloud of thinking that I'm a Christian, thinking that I've already attained my way and I'm doing right before God. Up to the year 2000, when James Lucas came to Narok, when he came to Narok, he was uh, the first church he was invited is this church where I was. And my pastor invited him to come and preach. His English was a bit tough, so there was nobody who could interpret it. Now they came to me and they say, can you understand what this white man is saying? We call you white there. I don't know why we call you white, but uh, don't worry about that. Can you understand what this white man is saying? I said, yeah, I get it. So now you can come and uh, interpret for him. God gave me grace that every uttering he could mention, I could know his interpretation. Praise the name of the living God. And uh, the chemistry work between me and him, and after a while, he decided to pick me up because for sure, I didn't have anything to do by that particular time. Uh, was just looking for what to do, going around, uh, slashing people's compound, um, cleaning people's homes, that's how I could make my, my life. I had a wife, uh, life was not very easy. So when he told me that I have come in this country to make discipleship and I would like you to help me in interpreting as we go to the village. Praise the name of the living God. Um, when I look at all this story, I had remembered what the Lord did when he chose Jeshurun, and he wanted to make him better. But unfortunately, Jeshurun never saw the hand of God. He saw it at the time of need. But the appreciative part of it was so painful because when he was okay, he forgot. Brethren, I know there's so many journeys we've undergone in life. I know you are from a distance. There's this time when you are probably sick this time when you are in that drastic need and uh, there's nothing could help you. But God with his saving mercy hand came and relieved you. Today you are healed because of him. He never made you free from diseases and sicknesses just to sit there. There is a way that the Lord wants him to be appreciated. How do I appreciate God? If God has given me health, I should use that very health 
to do his work. And I knew he saved me from the accident because I was to die together with my parents. He preserved me. There was this time when I was completely in luck. He preserved me. When I was fidgeting to know the true way of Christ, he never destroyed me there. Because if I was going to die at that particular time, I was going to die a sinner. He preserved me. Praise the name of the living God. Can we look at Mark chapter 8? Mark chapter 8, verses 22 to 23. I sometimes I like when my wife read it for me. She knows better English than me. So are you there? Verses 22 to 23. When James Lucas came to Narok, I was this blind man who thought that that is the life I should be living, general Christian, church Christian. And I, I, I believe that is the way. Actually, I could have argued with God if God was not going to allow me into his kingdom. But I want to tell you, my brothers, my sister, if your eyes is not open to see the reality of why you are saved, you will miss the point. I was with this, my pastor, but he could not tell me exactly how I should live my life. What was pleasing to him, I coming and worshiping. I was a teacher of Sunday school. That is what probably he could say, well done. But he never knew that this very man doesn't know anything about the true light of God. Here comes uh, Grandpa James Lucas in a, such a mystery way. And the system between me and him works. I never counted in vain. I knew it was God. Who saw my desire of wanting to know the truth brought me this man and held my hands. James Lucas took me to discipleship program for two years. And everything he could speak was like a bombshell. Two good years until even my own pastor started hating me because I could pay much attention to his teaching than him, because James Lucas' teaching were eye-opening. And I want to tell you the truth. That is the time I can say I got saved. Because now I could see things the way God wants me to see them. A time shall come that the Lord will commission you and you must see things the way he, he, he sees them himself. And my brother, you are coming to service every Sunday is not for entertainment. It is an act of God of clearing the blinded part of your eyes that you may see things properly. And when you see them properly, you will be able to work for God. I, I want this situation where I'm working for God and God recognize what I'm doing. Not this one day I will go to him and tell me, go away. For I don't know you because I did my own routine. James Lucas took me for that journey. And when the old man was leaving after two years, I knew what to do. Second Timothy 2.2. 2. 
and the things that you've heard me saying in the presence of many witnesses, and trust them to the reliable who will be able to teach others. James Lucas came back home 2002, and 2005, he came back to Kenya. When he came back to Kenya, he told me, Geoffrey, we are driving to Uganda. Well, I, I liked his trip because he's a storyteller. I like him because he's a man who, who, whose life is faith. So I wanted to know more about faith. I said, this is going to be my good trip. And I engaged him. I remember mama cooking for us uh, uh, banana bread and we carried and uh, we went with it. Before we reach, uh, we've just crossed the border. We are heading to the source of River Nile. Before we reached there, we found a pothole. And our vehicle hit the pothole and it stopped. And uh, this old man surprised me and said, don't worry, the vehicle stopped. Is the bread there? So we took our bread and said, Geoffrey, I have something for you. So I kept quiet. I wanted to listen to what James wanted to tell me. He told me that since I left you, I've been praying. And the Lord has commissioned me to come and lay my hands on you. And I'm laying my hands on you in this nation. You are going to be a missionary in Uganda. And you know, due to respect, I didn't believe it, but due to respect, I had to wait. And the old man lays his hand and prayed the prayers, saw tears coming from his face. I said, God, I think this is a joke. I had to accept everything just for formality. We drove back to Kenya and I came and told my, do you know what? Ha, this is the most difficult ideal that I'm not going to pick it. Made sure that I escorted him and he went back. He came back to, uh, to America, praise the name of the living God. That is 2005. I closed that door. I never thought about it. I became this man, Jonah. If you're writing, write Jonah chapter one, verses two to three. What happened? Oh, she's already away. <laughs> Open for me. Chapter 1, verses 2. If you have somewhere to write, you can write these scriptures. They're going to, uh, God will help you to build them. Um, I'm just using them for, for the testimony as I flow. I'm about to finish. Jonah chapter 1, verses 2 to 3. Mm -hmm. For two years after the old man left, I never took the commission. I decided to go back to Narok and pretended to be a pastor. Opened this church and I felt like, anyway, he discipled me, I can disciple my church. It was not that way. The Lord wanted me out of my nation. The Lord wanted to use me in his way. But I thought that, anyway, starting a church is also a better option, is serving God. And for two years, I stayed in Narok, Kenya, trying to pastor a church. But when you're doing something that the Lord has not permitted you, you're wasting your time. Praise the name of the living God. For every calling, every program is in the hand of the Lord. Man planned for his cause, but God orders the steps. Praise God. After only six months, the commotion began. Hallelujah. The pastors of Narok gathered together and said, no way. We are not going to allow such a church 
to mushroom here. And it became a very serious problem. They were reported to the authority. There is a church which has started without documents here. Oh, this pastor is not, is not theological trained. You know, it became so worse. Uh, we prayed, I remember we could go to the forest with my wife, take two days there, praying, 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 but the Lord was very quiet because he had already said, praise God. And everything went bad. One day I was so surprised, I went to a supermarket, uh, bought the things, going to the cashier, he said, no, we don't want your money, can you take those things back to the shelf? Reasons? I don't know. So it's like every point of the door was being closed. I, I remember even the teachers could not handle our children in school. Reason you can't know. Then I came down and I told my wife, you know what? We can't pull rope with God. We need to accept it. We need to go to this nation we don't know anybody. And even though it was so hard, we had to bow down in this strength of the pulling of God. And we told God, we shall go. We are talking of going. We know nobody. We have no resources. We are the way we are. We took our children, gave them to relatives. We are taking this faith. But this faith, remember, is just being generated. It is not still real in me. But I had to say, I am going. Deuteronomy chapter eight, verses two, the Bible speaks about God is talking to Israel, reminding them what he did to them by bringing them out of, the, of, of, of Egypt and say, I suffered you to anger, not because I never wanted you, but I wanted to know what is in your heart. We reached Uganda and there was no reception, nobody we knew, and here we are. I, I think I'm trying to make you imagine going to a, a, a city coming out of the bus, but you don't know where to go next because the Lord has told you, come. There is a prayer mountain in Uganda whereby every night people are there. So I told my wife, let's go to this prayer mountain. It will be our new home. We went to the prayer mountain. We stayed there for two weeks. I'm not talking about a place where there's tent. I am talking about prayer mountain with caves and forest. So daytime we could come and pray. At night we could go down to the caves uh, and, and there were other people. So there was, a, there was this, uh, uh, we call it a bonfire. So we could put fire, worship the whole night. That was the routine. No proper bathing, getting meal. That one is not even mentioned. But there's this particular man who could always come and see us holding our hands, asking the Lord if you really brought us into this nation, if it was your voice, then Lord, you need to start showing us direction. So this man comes one day and asks, I've been seeing you guys here and there. You like praying when you're holding hands together. I, I feel I like your company. Where do you stay? We never wanted to tell them that we are foreigners because no one will believe that a foreigner can come and suffer in a foreign land. So he said, no, we are just here for prayer. But the man became insistive and said, I feel like taking you to my house at least for a weekend. Well, to us, it was like a miracle because we really needed to bathe. We really needed to at least to feel like we are in the house. 
So we accepted and we went to this man's house. Um, we stayed for three weeks. <laughs> Hallelujah. We stayed for three weeks. And within the, third, the, third, the three weeks, um, he asked us about so many things. And I felt like, let me be open to this man. What has brought me? And I, I was not open on the financial aspect. I was just open to him that this is what the Lord has placed in my heart. And this is what brings me into this nation. Well, I never knew that this is the way the Lord wanted to relieve Jonah from the mouth of the fish. This man says, okay, fine, uh, but in Uganda, you can't start anything until you are permitted by the, past, the National Pastors Fellowship. Can I take you there? I said, well, I can explain myself. Do you have your materials that you want to use teaching pastors around and leaders? I said, yes. By that time, James Lucas had left me a pamphlet with full lessons. So I said, I have it. Went there. This meeting was called the Board of Eight Elders. I stand there to be scrutinized, very difficult work. Everybody's asking you every kind of question. Then what touched them is the pamphlet. When they went through it one by one, took them 45 minutes just to go roughly, they shook their head and said, this is the right material, we shall allow you. And they stamped the document and said, first, we are going to call the pastors of this fellowship in this district, and we would like to see you teaching. So 50 pastors were gathered together, and uh, I knew this is not just normal teaching unless the Holy Spirit comes and teach. Because it's like an, an interview. If you fail, you failed. That morning, I told my wife, if you've never prayed, today you are going to pray. <laughs> because if I fail this one, the next bus tomorrow is taking me back to Kenya. But I want to tell you, I emptied myself and the Lord became real. How the Lord was speaking, I could not imagine. And the Lord spoke, taught them. The all day, from morning to evening, they were seated there. Nobody's even going for a short call. They were there listening, listening, and I knew the Lord is in control. Their heart were captured. They started feeling something new. It's coming into their life. I knew that was not me. After that, they said, it is done. Now we are volunteering to be your coordinator of your program here in Uganda. So they took me to the CID headquarters to go and verify my uh, good contact, conduct, I mean. Everything went well, uh, went to the government. Now I registered myself as a missionary into their country. While I was teaching, the Lord Almighty touched one brother. And this brother came to me and asked me, Geoffrey, where do you stay? Remember, we are still hosted in that house. Geoffrey, where do you stay? He said, I'm staying with Pastor Swanso. With your wife? Yes. Okay. I would like you to come and visit us this Sunday because we've discovered that you have the word of Rema that can help our church. It was Tuesday. Then I said, okay, I'll be there. To me, it's an open door. Revelation chapter 3, verses 8, the Bible speaks about, uh, I have placed before you an open door. No man will ever close it. This man goes to his church and tells the church, there is a man and a wife from Kenya. I want to give them a surprise. They don't have a house. 
So the church came together, gathered the little money they had. They went and rented the house. They have not told us. They bought the mattresses. They bought the, the saucepans and all those kind of things. Then this Sunday after preaching, they said, okay, we are taking you for lunch. They had even cooked the food placed in the same house. So they, when we reached, they stopped and they said, take the key. This is going to be your house from today. Praise the name of the living God. We started seeing the hand of God in operation. And God looked at Jeshurun. He favored him. He brought him from nothing. I don't know whether I'm talking to a Jeshurun here today. He brought him from nothing. When he was totally in the desert, in the wilderness, and made him fat. How dare does Jeshurun forget God? Am I talking to somebody here today? I know there's a journey in your life. If you forget God, the Lord will speak this word that he spoke to Saul. One day he sent Samuel and tells Samuel, go and tell Saul that my heart regrets for appointing him to be the king of Israel. It's because of the performance. I'm looking at people who are looking at me who probably have the call for being a missionary in a certain place, but they are fearing yet. Am I talking to somebody here today? Praise the name of the living God. Just tell me amen, hallelujah. Can you say it again, amen, hallelujah. Ask your neighbor, are you the Jeshurun this man is talking about? They hand over the key to us and for the first time, we are going to have a roof under us. For the first time, we are going to sleep well. For the first time, we are going to eat well. For the first time, we can go to shower. Praise the name of the living God. The men who decided to be our coordinator did a very good work. The first center which they opened, I call them center because we can choose a church like this and then we invite other churches to come place. That's why we call it center. So we don't use it, we don't use the name of the church. So the first center uh, which they created for us, it was like uh, 25 kilometers away from where I'm staying. Remember, there's one thing that I've not told these people and I will never tell them, that I didn't have money. That one was the secret between me and God. So I never told them. So they created a center 25 kilometers from where I am living and I don't have a coin to get into the bus. For two weeks, I could walk. I leave, the class could start around three. I leave at home very early in the morning, walk slowly, 25 kilometers, reach there. I reach ahead of the students. I rest, then teach. I make sure that they go fast. <laughs> I don't want anybody to escort me, so they go fast, then I start my journey. And I did it for two weeks. The Lord is quiet and is watching. He's building me. He's talking about, I never left you in the wilderness because I didn't want, I wanted to test what is in your heart. And I knew that I'm in the weighing scale of God. I have to perform. So I could come back home very tired. My wife had a work of massaging me every evening and the following day I'm out again. This second week, there's just a brother in the midst of the class stood and said, there's something is like we are forgetting. Uh, we've never been collecting offering to, 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 to our teacher. Uh, today I feel like that we should do something I just knew that the Lord is talking. 
I kept quiet. And these people went ahead and collected offering. It was a very big surprise that God touched them to give me a lot of money which I could not even imagine. And I started using that one. Now at least I'm energized. I feel like now God is doing something. Am I talking to somebody at all? Now while I was teaching, I didn't know that the people who are listening to me, some of them they were doctors, some of them they were military, some of them they were police. I was just teaching randomly. The class was as big as 180, sometimes fluctuate like that. That was still one center. So I could continue and God really gave me grace. I really doesn't know where the revelation were coming from, but the Lord gave me grace. And I could use this pamphlet very proper from page to page. My wife could take some lesson, page to page, praise the name of the living God. One day, something happened. Two years back, there was a scenario in Uganda where a prophet called, uh, a man called himself prophet, called the people in the church, in the sanctuary, and he told them that the Lord has told me that today he's coming for us. So you go home, sell everything that you have, bring your own money, bring the cows here so that we may give God a last sacrifice before he takes us up gathered these people, he brought them in a sanctuary bigger than this because there were 2,000. And um, he led them to worship. And while they were still worshiping, the man got out, closed the door, poured the petrol, and burned 2,000 people in Uganda. I think it was in the, in, in everywhere in the, in, in, in the news. Now, the government of Uganda decided that they want to train the police, the gospel ethic that they may be able to know and to identify the false prophets, how they operate. But they didn't know who has this knowledge. Now remember, while I was teaching, there were police force men, there were army men, and there were this kind of government leaders. So I was recommended unknowingly that there is a man from Kenya. He seems like he knows his Bible. If we give him time to speak to the police force, probably he will be able to help them so that we may be sending them in churches to, 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 to check on how the, the, the preaching takes place there. So here I am, I was called, and I was told, Geoffrey, we are giving you a contract of three months in our police barrack, teach them gospel. That one was an open door. And I did it, I said, God, now I'm excited here. <laughs> I did it. And the Lord really blessed me the day I was, they were graduating now out of the class, they know everything. That is when the government blessed me with the first vehicle uh, in Uganda. Then they gave me seven acres of land. I told my wife, it's working. <laughs> Hallelujah. So here I am, I have seven acres of land. I have a vehicle given by the government, no even a single traffic police can stop it. Um, that opened the door for now me started training in military barracks. It's very unique, a foreigner to enter somebody's barrack. And I could do it. I did eight military barracks, teaching them about gospel. Um, and they could really embrace it. Praise the name of the living God. And the Lord Almighty continue extending our territory. And I told Mama, now this work is becoming so heavy. I need to train people whom we are going to work with. So I opened a workshop. Um, at home and uh, 
We got these brothers. Whenever we could teach, we could see uh, willing, willing, willing people. We got them together and started giving them the depth of these lessons, teaching them so many things, and we qualified 17. Those are the one I'm working with right now in Uganda. I have 17 lecturers. I call them lecturers because they lecture. And uh, we extended territory and opened all these centers 28 in Uganda, and the Lord continued pouring his grace, and we felt like, no, we have done much in Uganda. Let us also open some in Kenya. I went in Kenya. I trained again other five uh, qualified workers who are able to sacrifice their life for the gospel, and we opened the 14 centers in Kenya. Uh, while I was in Uganda, I left my wife managing the Uganda program. I went to Rwanda, and I also did the same in Rwanda, five centers. Burundi, we opened three, but right now there is a political situation which is not good, so they closed their border. No going in, no coming out. So unfortunately, uh, we had to stop in Burundi. Um, how do I facilitate this program uh, in this farm, uh, seven acres of land, I decided to become a farmer. I believe in working. I believe in what uh, Paul was doing, making tent. I told my wife, I will never go to the website to beg anything. The Lord has done it without us participating. He will continue doing it. So we went there and uh, we, take, we took um, two acres. Um, Mama also has a story of herself, which I cannot go into right now, uh, upon her life and which brought her into the world of compassion. Where we are, there is a refugee camp, the biggest refugee camp in Uganda, uh, where that seven acres was given is like 10 kilometers. So these families of refugees from Congo could walk around there and Mama could see some children naked walking around and uh, Aimlessly, no parents, when you look, ask them, how did you come? Said, on the way of running from the rebel, my father was shot, my mother was shot. So she started her own program of um, it's a rehabilitation program, um, which we had to build one classroom, one block with four classrooms, plus there are sewing machines and uh, running the program of carpentry, and is helping these boys and girls who ran away from 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 the from from Congo from Congo uh, from Rwanda and uh, from Sudan, and that is what she does in part time. The remaining acres I went into farming. I farm maize. Do you know maize? You know beans? You know sweet potato? You know rice? <laughs> no, 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 not rice. Irish potato. So that is what I do. Then we got an order in a high school where they need our beans. So it's like, I have a direct where to sell. And when this uh, food comes well and we sell it well, we manage our program. For our teachers, I rear pigs. I have, uh, uh, I have uh, 108 <laughs> pigs. So I told my, my staff that uh, you guys, uh, I don't want you to go outside there and beg for offering. I want to give you a way of living. So everybody, I gave a seed. I gave a seed of two pigs, male and, and you know, pigs after six months, they are matured. And uh, I look for them for the market, so they don't bother me. Praise the name of the living God. Otherwise, I might say in short that the Lord of grace did what we could not imagine. Today, we are running those programs stressless, debt-free. Praise the name of the living God. The Lord has surprised us. And what I can glorify God today is those willing 17 plus five lecturers who have never given trouble. They took it as a calling. And I want to say that is the seed of faith. Brethren, I have finished, but this is the word I'm going to leave with you. 
There is this Jeshurun that the Lord is looking. Jeshurun, after becoming fat, the Bible says he started sacrificing to other gods. Other gods is lifestyle. Your lifestyle can be a god. Praise God. There is a lot you can do in the kingdom of God. I was telling people in the camp where we are that uh, I don't think I can spend 90 minutes watching football. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do we have football lovers here? And yet in the Bible, you spend five minutes, then you sleep before saying amen. Hello? Am I there? Which size of the screen or television screen you have? I know it's a big one because you want to see the whole person foot. Hello? But I will tell you, sell it and buy a small one. The rest of the money support the mission. Am I talking to somebody here today? Hello? Hello? This church needs you. You are not here by mistake. This church needs you. God is not going to release money with a box from heaven and bring it here, boom, no. For you to have your own premises, for you to have your own organization, it is you. There's a just room here. Am I talking to somebody? Hello? Praise God. Okay, praise God, saints. <laughs> I'm expecting that, amen. Praise God. Here is the man of God that the Lord has appointed for this place. Don't leave him dying alone. There's somebody here, the Lord. I know if I give you time to give a testimony, you will give until tomorrow what the Lord has done for you. Can you pay back? Okay, not even paying back. Can you show appreciation by standing with this chapel, with its vision and mission statement? This is my prayer. That you may not go down to the cry of God after raising this man from nowhere. He went out and serve other gods, his own desire, his own likeness. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, your word has come real. I might, not talk, I might have talked a lot, oh my God, of my personal life, but God, I wanted them to know what you can do. I want them to know that from nothing you can do ministry. Because this work is yours. You've just called us. We are called. The Bible says we are called. We are called on a platform which is ready. And when we come, Lord Almighty, we don't need to dictate how the platform looks like. We need to stay there, just available. And you, Lord, you shall commission us. I release your grace upon your children who have just listened to this testimony. I release the grace upon them, my father that they may take this message into real, into their personal life, that they may not be the Jeshurun. They not, that they may not be the Jonah whom I was, where after knowing the truth, I could still hide away from the truth. Father, I pray that you may lift them a standard and show them the cause of your breakthrough. And this is my prayer, God, again, that when you are coming for your elect, do not forget them. Remember them, my Lord, because they are willing and I know you've brought this message at this time because it is the right message probably you wanted to instart into their life. Let it be a kickstart, my God, that they may go into the move. That they may love you more than loving the world. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. God Almighty bless you so much. And uh, take my greetings to your families. 
and serve God. Amen.